0: Drawing room? Over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Well, if you watched last year's blockbuster Oppenheimer, you'll be familiar with the story of the man and the team behind the atomic bomb. While lauded as certainly a huge scientific success, we know it caused enormous untold destruction and death. But have you ever wondered what those who worked on the project felt about the use of their scientific breakthrough? The documentary A Compassionate Spy explores the life and love story behind the youngest scientist on the team named Ted Hall who worked on the project and risked everything to do what he thought was right. Steve James is the director. Welcome to you, Steve. Great to be here. At just 19, Ted Hall passed... Uh, diagrams of the atomic bomb to the Russians. Now, this information corroborated another spy's intelligence and essentially led to the Russians being able to build their own bomb about five years quicker. What compels someone to do this kind of thing? What did he risk in doing such an act?
1: <clears throat> well, he, he 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 risked his life, really. I mean, um, had he been caught, uh, he would have been and and convicted, he would have been probably executed. Um, but Ted, you know, Ted at the ripe old age of 19, he, he got to the Los Alamos project at the age of 18. By the time he turned 19, he decided that what they were building at Los Alamos was going to destabilize the world in the post-war period. And, you know, he came from Russian immigrants, Um, Russia was our ally in the war, and so Ted, you know, being a leftist as well, decided that the safest thing for him to do, and the bravest thing, would be to try to help the Soviet Union get the bomb, because there was was also a lot of discussion at Los Alamos about why Russia wasn't included, so it wasn't like he came to this all on his own, and he was a complete outlier, there were concerns about the U.S. building this bomb all to itself, and and Ted. The difference between Ted and some of the other scientists who were there is Ted decided to act on it.
0: I'm curious about this motivation, which he calls uh, being compassionate. I mean, he, he as you said, was a, a passionate leftist, and so was Joan. They were both very active in socialist politics, and we know from the Rosenberg case that the Truman government and J. Edgar Hoover at the FBI were investigating anyone with communist or socialist political affiliations. Ted was investigated though, wasn't he?
1: Well, yes, he was. So what happened, and, and we dramatized this in the film, is, is that um, at some point the US broke the supposedly unbreakable Venona code the Soviets used during World War II, and when they broke that code they saw correspondences back and forth on many things, but including with Ted. And so it didn't take them very long at all to figure out uh, who this Ted was at Los Alamos and what he had done. So they had had all the information really they needed. The problem was is twofold. One was is that they, they did not want the Soviet Union to be aware that they had broken the code. So there were there were um, espionage reasons for them not wanting this to get back to the Soviets, but secondly, it's also very possible, and this is something said in the film, that they never could have used those um, codes in a court of law to convict Ted. So what they did was is they they brought him and Savi, uh, his his friend and partner in this in. This uh, espionage endeavor into the FBI offices, put them in separate rooms, and they tried to get both of them to confess to what they'd done. And Ted and Sabi um, didn't confess, and and Ted even refused to cooperate. And, and as a result, they were tailed. Uh, you know, there was all kinds of efforts made to try and get. Corroborating, uh, corroborating evidence against Ted and Savi, but they, the FBI was never able to get it, and so they never um, actually arrested him. Uh, interestingly enough, Klaus Fuchs, who was the scientist from Britain, uh, whose uh, the information he passed as a spy to the Soviets was what Ted corroborated. The British intelligence took a similar tact with him. And he confessed, and he served fourteen years in prison. But as I said earlier, if Ted had confessed and or if they had gotten uh, and were able to get a conviction on him, he there's no question they would have executed him because that's what they did to the Rosenbergs.
0: Of course, incredibly, we do have Ted's own account of his actions, which you feature in the film. These are taken from interviews. Uh, done uh, towards the end of his life, and I don't want to spoil too much. But how do you understand and empathize with his reasoning for his actions?
1: Well, I think you know we we called it a compassionate spy, you know, for a reason. And I think it's a it, you know people seeing that title may be like what? I think after you see the film, you can at least see the case to be made in Ted's case. Um, and and I think it's this that Ted you know, he did not do this for money. Um, he took tremendous risks at a, at a very young age to do this. Once he was done at Los Alamos uh, and had provided these secrets and helped the Soviets get the bomb quicker, then he stopped being a spy. He, you know, he he had done what he wanted to do. And as he says in the film, you know, his sympathies and his compassion were for the Soviet people who would be the ones who would suffer the most from the U.S. having this bomb all to itself. And what Ted feared, and the film goes to some lengths to show that it was not an ungrounded fear, what Ted feared was is that the U.S. would exercise this um, hegemony, if you will, around the bomb in the post-war world and kind of tell everyone what to do, including the Soviet Union. And and we use just one example in the film of where the, the U.S. threatened the Soviet Union to get them to back off the Iranian border, or they were going to drop the bomb on them, and the Soviet Union withdrew within twenty four hours because they believed the threat. I mean, we had dropped two bombs in Japan, so I think it was wise to believe that threat. So all of the things that that Ted sort of <laughs> in this precocious um, wisdom of his, uh, foresaw could happen, there's a plausible case to be made that it could very well have happened because the u s. was ramping up production of the bomb after the war when there was no, enemy. There was no Nazi Germany to to fight a war against. And they were game planning uh, how they would do a preemptive strike in the Soviet Union and basically um, wipe the Soviet Union off the face of the earth.
0: Yeah, you do wonder if his age had a bearing on his decision. You say precocious wisdom. Perhaps it was also idealism, <laughs> the idealism you have only as a, as a youth and perhaps he was naive at some level, particularly about the harms that he might face. How how do you think about that?
1: Yes, I think I think Ted was. <clears throat> I think he had the impetuousness of youth. Let's say right, uh, and I think that he was naive in a lot of ways. I mean, I think I think he was naive about the potential costs, although he 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 had enough. Um, understanding of the threat of it all that he you know for the rest of his life he was extremely careful and you know this film as you said at the top is also a love story and and when he when he proposed to joan um he felt compelled to tell her what he had done because he did not want her um to marry him not knowing what was potentially in store and he you know he was very clear that this is something you could never tell anyone and, and the both of them were extremely careful. So I think there was an underlying understanding of the threat, um, but but perhaps they did not think it, it could you know possibly result in an execution until the Rosenberg case happened, which was incidentally at the time when the FBI dragged Ted into their offices in Chicago to interrogate him. The Rosenberg trial was going on, so you can imagine how Scary that must have been, but I think Ted was also naive. And he and he he would say this, and he sort of says it in the movie. He doesn't necessarily say the word naive, but he was also naive about the Soviet Union um, and the political regime there, the totalitarian state under Stalin. Um, and I think that that clearly bothered him in in the years after the war, when it became clearer and clearer um, who Stalin was and and what he was capable of. I think Ted felt. That uh, as as he said to Joan, Joan relates this, he said if he had known um, then what he knew now, he might never pass secrets to them. But Joan, ever the stalwart <clears throat> supporter of Ted, said that he made the right decision because he did it for the right reasons. He didn't do it for Stalin, he did it for the Soviet people.
0: Well, Joan really was a motivating factor in keeping the secret between them for so long, convincing Ted that there would be no benefit in announcing the truth. I'm not, I'm not sure if that seems like a contradiction to her social values or not. Perhaps she thought that at the time that it was more the action rather than, than the announcement of the action that was more relevant. How do you think about that?
1: Yes, I, you know, Joan, Joan realised the gravity, I think, of what Ted had done. And so at one point, when the Rosenberg trial was happening, and Ted, you know, Ted had kept this secret, you know, for a number of years at that point. You know, he he had, he felt bad for the Rosenbergs because he, he gleaned from the press accounts that the Rosenbergs, or at least Julius Rosenberg, really not Ethel, was probably guilty. You know, there was, it may be hard for people today to understand, but when the Rosenberg trial happened back in the early 50s, <clears throat> it was a tremendously controversial uh, and a huge story because there were so many people on the left who believed that the Rosenbergs were innocent, um, and and wanted them freed for being innocent. Well, Julius Rosenberg wasn't innocent, but what he did, I don't think, deserved an execution, and Ethel Rosenberg certainly didn't deserve to be executed. So, I think Joan recognized just what they were up against and so at one point during that trial ted turned to joan and said i feel like i should confess to what i've done so that um maybe the rosenbergs could go free because what i did was much more significant and joan tells him she says this in the film that she there's no way he will save the rosenbergs he would just destroy them too and i think she was absolutely right so i think joan you know i think Joan in many ways was more of a true believer in the leftist causes she embraced than even Ted and I think on that level she felt like the actions that Ted took were unimpeachable um but you don't go <laughs> you don't go around announcing it and bragging about it because you'll only end up destroying yourself and they were trying to raise a family you know they had they had three daughters and they managed to raise these kids uh, amidst this environment of fear and, and um, worry about what could happen. And they, they managed to insulate the kids to a large degree from that. Um, You know, the kids didn't, the daughters didn't find out what Ted had done and Joan had done in support of Ted until much later when it was about to become uh, released in the press what he had done. That's when they they felt, well, now we have to tell our daughters what, what he's done.
0: This documentary, A Compassionate Spy, is a slight departure from your usual themes of family, race <laughs> and class in America, in your previous works like Hoop Dreams, uh, Stevie and America to Me. I mean, there is one link, I suppose, which is the human experience in 20th century America. You clearly are fascinated with... People in this place and this time. What is it about this place and time that draws you so 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 deeply?
1: Yeah, well, you're right. This is a departure <clears throat> for me, and I I didn't when this story was presented to me by um, David Lindorf, who became a producer uh, on on the project because he had met Joan. You know, I, I wasn't looking to set out and do a story about new, you know, espionage. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, it it wasn't, I, I didn't have this burning desire to tell this story or a story like this. I think what hooked me was just, I'm really fascinated with people who find themselves at important junctures in their lives and that the decisions they made have, you know, oftentimes the ramifications in the films I make, the decisions they make have profound implications for them personally or their family, and that—that that I've discovered in looking at back over my work is something that I think drives me, uh, in the stories I tell, and I—and I like when personal stories resonate um, on a larger uh, frame of reference when they have something larger to say about America in the 20th century or the 21st century. And so those are the kind of stories that attract me. So in that way, this story fits all of that. But I don't normally do historically-based, archivally-driven documentaries. I usually like to go and hang out with people for a period of time uh, and tell their story more in the present. But it, so it was, a, it was a very different challenge for me, but one that I enjoyed taking on because, you know, I like to stretch myself in different ways and tell different kinds of stories if I can.
0: Well, it's a story that uh, you portray beautifully in this documentary. A Compassionate Spy is available to view on DocPlay. Steve James has been my guest. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. Really appreciate talking to you.
0: You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park.